Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup. In today's episode, we have Julie taking us on another great topic in the community, talking about achieving a more holistic approach to your PPC marketing efforts. So making sure that what you're doing is adding to all the different marketing efforts that a business is doing. So yeah, I wasn't able to make this chat, but it's, it was funny. It's like we, I was actually doing something that was very similar. I was on a webinar talking about marketing budgets and how paid search really has to work towards the whole marketing budget after a couple of years of big three disruptors. We're talking COVID, economic downturn. And what was the third one? Oh, what was the third one? Loads of new platforms. So there's TikTok, there's Snapchat, there's YouTube Shorts and, and all these kind of, you know, different new platforms to baffle marketers. So like, how do you really approach them? Do you rush into them? Do you test and learn? Do you pause? Do you see what your competitors are doing? So yeah, it was, it's definitely all about, you know, using your, your budget in a holistic way. So yeah, I wasn't able to do the chat, but I was doing another chat that was very similar <laughs> to that one, talking about marketing budgets. But I'm excited to see what tips our experts gave about doing paid search in a holistic way. Hope you enjoy. Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT. I'm your host, Anu, and I'm recording from my studio here in London, UK. And I use this platform to share not just experts, but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to, if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions, and even if you do, then like, follow, share, and retweet, and that's right, Twitter, with my handle, The Marketing Anu. Join us on our LinkedIn group, which is the PPC Chat Roundup podcast. Or if you're on Instagram, why don't you check us out at PPC Chat underscore Roundup to get quotes and snippets from previous episodes. So we have Julie taking us on another great chat about, you know, holistic approaches to PPC marketing efforts and budgets and how we make sure that we're working towards client goals. Well, obviously, yeah, as she usually does, she goes, how are we doing? And we have a few of our usual names in the audience today. We've got Julia Weiss, Lawrence Chase as well. Ryan Skolon, I have not heard of him. And so, yeah, welcome to the chat today, Ryan, as well as Michael Gumbert. I feel Michael Gumbert. I've heard of that name. And I mean, Cabra, she's back. I've been seeing her on Instagram, her Instagram profile. She's really doing great stuff there. Dwayne Brown also as well joins us. And uh, yeah, many more names. I'm sure we'll get to them at some point. Before we get into the chat, as usual, we have Judy doing her PSA, saying that before we get to the questions, this chat is intended for PPC professionals of all levels. If you have something you want to share, please do. We are a friendly and supportive community. Please don't be afraid to participate. Lurkers and the listeners of the podcast are, of course, always welcome. So yeah, thank you all for being here. And so, yeah, I'll get right into it because I feel there were loads of, not loads of questions, quite, you know, the normal amount, I think five or six questions, but loads of answers given. So it was a very interactive chat today. Julie first starts us off with the question. Let's get an idea of who is participating today. Are you an agency, a consultant, a freelancer or in-house PPC? 
if you're agency or in-house, what level are you in the organization? As I was seeing these questions, I wasn't able to join, but I did like peek into some of the questions when I co-host of the webinar was talking and I was like, how about those who work in tech? And I feel like there was no, there was no, no tick checkbox for people working in tech here. Um, so yeah, lots of either in-house or freelancer or agency or being a consultancy or freelancer. I do some consultancy on the side a little bit, but mostly working with marine software. Agvilla responds to question one saying, hi everyone, I'm an agency owner and a social media advertising consultant. Andrew goes, yes, I'm a longtime Facebook ad buyer who also runs an agency, sells courses and runs the community sponsoring this chat. The Foxwell founders, Hector responds, consultant specializing in omni-channel customer acquisition and revenue generation. P.S. Joined super late, but never mind. <laughs> Oh, Lord, I just started reading the reply, so I don't even notice. Ali Quilter responds, agency co-owner about two years in. Rory responds, little bit of column A, little bit of column B. Recently started a new position at a global agency as a search strategist, one client. Prior to this, I was at a smaller agency and was managing 25 clients. Ooh, that's spread too thin, in my opinion. Nicholas Longsky responds, hi, everyone. I'm an in-house PPC and private PPC consultant. Ryan goes, I'm a freelancer and have been for three years. Martha Pierce goes, hey, Ryan, great to chat with you today. And say, yeah, I'm also a solo agent. I partner with brands and individuals at the executive C-suite level, typically when working on a project basis. We also have Julie Vice responding saying, I'm agency. I'm a director now focused on digital and performance excellence for the West Coast team. And then, yeah, we've got Julie herself going, I'm a consultant. And Michael Gumbers responds, in-house paid media for large multinational corporation in a highly regulated industry. Michael, give your A1s or A2s. I hope he doesn't go off script by not putting what a question is answering. Amit Cabra goes, I own my agency right now. I manage accounts for clients. Lawrence Chase goes, I am in between an agency and freelancer, I guess. I have some folks who help me, but I try to keep things small still. I am the owner though and practitioner. We then have Sophie Logan, my friend Sophie, going head of paid media for an agency, have worked both in-house and agency side though. Sean Ellie going agency, started my own little agency almost two years ago now. Time flies. Melissa McKee goes agency, director level, been agency side since 2007. So yeah, a lot of agency people and consultant, and even Sam goes here, agency and consultant. Julie takes us on to question two. How are you measuring the success of your PPC efforts these days? Are you also privy to metrics for other marketing channels? If so, which channels do you have insight into? Agvilla responds saying, if we are hitting our clients' goals, example for e-com, revenue and ROAS, and for my agency, if we're hitting our revenue and profitability goals, I'm often privy to other marketing channel metrics as it's informative to our paid social efforts too. Perfect. Hector goes, to be honest, it's lucrative to see immediate ROI, but I see at the lifetime value and revenue retention metrics, I'm going heavy on cross-channel Omni. Working heavily on native in December, like Outbrain, Tabula, Zemanta, etc. Apart from this, I'm looking into B2B ABMs as well. Hector responds to give it a better term, full funnel marketing and full cycle sales. Hanging out in a huge group of biz owners, so getting new insights daily. On the contrary to PPC, I'm super influenced with text-based outreach and converting leads to deals. 
Brian responds saying, having regular catch-ups with clients to get a better picture behind the conversion numbers we see in Google ads. Not all clients want more leads either. The only way we get to understand their vision of success is through chatting. Michael Lonsky responds saying, maybe it's not like this everywhere, but I'm privy to all marketing channels. My title is officially manager of demand generation, which spans more than just PPC. We use our CRM as our source of truth mixed with analytics and data. Nicholas continues saying, I work with my data scientist team to build custom streams of data into propriety dashboards. We are working on implementing mixed media modeling in 2023. Julie responds, I think I speak for a lot of us when I say write up what you're doing. Would love to learn more. Absolutely. That looks as holistic as you can get with, you know, like a paid search strategy. Um, Nicholas goes, I'd love to write about it. One day I definitely will. Online Advertising Academy goes, nearly everyone wants to see ROI metrics, leads, cost per lead, sales, revenue, ROAS, etc. Even top of funnel needs to contribute to these. Beginners need to quickly focus on these and not get lost in 20 other KPIs as the main focus, CTR, quality score, optimization score, etc. Martha Pierce responds to question two saying there is no one size fits all answer, but there is a right path. This is a couple part answer. One, first accept or admit that your platform data, Facebook, TikTok, Google, isn't showing you the full picture and Google Analytics isn't either. Two, be willing to stack all of your KPIs up across all platforms and look at them relatively to the total revenue and results that you're bringing in. I use Google Sheets to do this. This shows me how much Facebook in particular is over reporting and they are. And she continues finally saying invest in a third party attribution tool like North Beam or Triple Whale. Both are great each has its own way of displaying data, trial each and determine what is actually going to be your source of truth going forward. Great minds, Julie. And we have Melissa responding to question two saying, we try to measure the same way the client is, whether it's leads, MQLs, SQLs, etc. We do a lot of importing from Salesforce or HubSpot. We then have Amit responding to question two saying, we try to work closely with clients to figure out what success really looks like to them. So when it comes to measurement, it depends on what success looks like for them. It could be leads, sales, etc. Ali Quilty responds to question two saying, we focus on site actions for some clients that's easy, like with live event regulations. And for some that's a little harder. We work with clients to determine what the most valuable online action is. We don't tend to get insight on other tactics outside of what it is in GA. Julie then responds to question two saying, yeah, we have to decide on your sources of truth and go with it. These days we don't get complete or even terribly accurate info from platforms and analytics has its own issues. I love to get as much info as I can about the entire marketing program. Julie then continues saying, knowing what promotions are going on outside of PPC is important too, especially if you're running brand campaigns. I follow client accounts and subscribe to their emails so I can see what they are doing directly. Agvilla responds saying, we live in a multiple touch point to conversion world and it's important to not always silo your data but also look at the big picture of how and where your efforts play a part. 
We then have Julia Vice responding to question two, saying we measure based on client success. In a lot of cases for us, that's website actions or foot traffic, not so much e-com goals. We do a lot of safety and persuasion campaigns, so sometimes we can't measure in real life success until the following year. Sean Ellie responds saying success changes by platform, campaign strategy and client could be impressions, clicks, CPA, ROAS, MER, etc. I would say the two biggest we use are ROAS and CPA. Lawrence Chase responds to question two saying that is a big question and it depends on the brand besides our typical data. With larger brands, we have loads of data and we can use BI software to pull everything from cost of acquisition, lifetime value, payback periods, etc. It's so brand specific. And Marta responds to that saying, great point here. Which BI software do you use? Lawrence goes, I have used a lot of them in my 25 years from Oracle, Business Objects, Tableau, etc. Martha goes, yeah, nice. I love Tableau personally, but I'm recently using Looker Data Studio. Is that what it's called now? Looker Data Studio instead of Google Data Studio, just Data Studio? Oh, well, branding issues. Lawrence responds to that. We use that for a couple brands now. It is pretty popular. I have only had one brand who uses Looker Data Studio currently. And then we have Sophie Logan responding to question two saying a big focus for me B2B lead gen is on lead to sale rate. A lot of the accounts I take on are moving from the idea of how many leads they get to how many quality leads they get. Absolutely. It's not just about throwing volume. It's about making sure you get the right leads. Sean Ellie responds to that saying quality is always big, but depending on the client can be really difficult to get that info. Sophie goes painfully. So I take the wins I see in the accounts with a pinch of salt. My satisfaction comes when I know that they've become a new paying customer. And we have Ashton Clark responding to question two saying being primarily in lead gen, CPA and conversions are the main metrics we optimize for. We don't get too much insight into other channels, but we do try to ask clients about pain points, initiatives, etc. outside of our project scope so that we are somewhat in the loop. Julie then gives another answer to question two, saying knowing what promotions are going on outside of PPC is important too, especially if you're running brand campaigns. I follow client accounts and subscribe to their emails as well as their competitors so I can see what they are doing directly. Martha goes, yes, absolutely. It's important to understand the entire picture of performance, promotions, email subscribers, rates and email or SMS strategy. Paid media is inclusive of all marketing tactics, pretty much. And in response to Julie, where Julie had answered question two, saying you have to decide on your source or sources of truth and go with it. These days, we don't get a complete or even terribly accurate info from platforms and analytics has its own issues. Aguila responds to that saying we live in a multiple touch point to conversion world and it's important to not always silo your data but also look at the big picture of how and where your efforts play a part. We then have Dwayne Brown responding to question two saying looking at Google Analytics also clients e-com back end if they are not on Shopify we talk about how the business and marketplaces usually Amazon is doing on our team calls Sam then responds to question two saying depends on the client, but in almost all cases, theirs have a single source of truth plus core KPI set, usually volume target, efficiency target plus benchmark. 
for lead gen, it's usually SQLs plus deal value plus cost per SQL acquired. Ecom is equals to profitability target. It continues to be super clear on e-commerce. It's usually a contribution margin times target, i.e. gross revenue minus COGS, cost of goods sold, returns allowance minus incentive over discounts, minus transaction fees, minus delivery, plus insurance, minus cost per acquired consumer, plus a baseline or benchmark, plus a total contribution margin goal. That's a lot of pluses. It might be just worth going to Sam's profile and reading how he puts that all together. We then have Julie taking us on to question three, saying, if you have access to data from outside of PPC, how are you using it to influence your paid search and or paid social efforts? Hector responds to this saying, yes, I do have multiple data sources, but the idea is how to analyze and deduce actionable steps from it. I'm working on streamline process to crunch down different data points to be used. I divide the data points into different variables at each step. Andrew responds saying, always looking at post-purchase surveys like KNO Commerce, that's a handle, KNO Commerce, to make determinations on what other levers we can pull in our core channels. That and looking at the reverse as well, using creative learnings in one place and transferring them to others. Martha Pierce responds saying, I love these questions. There are so many options. Recently, a brand had increased its revenue of subscribers by 40% and wasn't acquiring enough emails. So paid strategy shifted to support even more email acquired, much generated, plus 30% more revenue month to month in two months for less dollars. And Dwayne Brown responds to question three saying, forgot to add, looking at Google Search Console for A2, data is good to spot gaps in market. Example, site search data can give you keywords to bid on or products customers want to buy, but you don't sell. Uh, Melissa Mickey responds to question three saying, we are using imported conversions for smart bidding. That way we can optimize for what's most important to the client. She continues, we also look at how other channels impact PPC. For example, a client recently paused top of funnel channels. We saw a decrease in search conversions as a result, need all stages of the funnel for optimal performance. And then we have Julia Vice responding to question three saying, we have access to all traditional media partnerships and event data. So we use an omni approach for promo sales and education. Plus I'm on a big team. More brains are a big resource. Lawrence responds to question three saying data outside PPC is really important. It guides our planning and budgets. Very industry specific as I try and think how to say it well, medical, industrial, entertainment, e-com, all have different things we would want to look at in the back end. Julie then responds to question three herself saying, my favorite kind of data is feedback from the client. I do mainly lead gen and talking about the quality of the leads and any trends they are seeing in the leads helps shape what I want to test in my PPC efforts. Julie Vice responds, non-RFP contract renewals are the best data of all. So non-RFP you renew the contract to show that, yeah, you were doing well all along. So that's the best feedback to get. Shanelli responds to question three saying, for some clients, we get lead quality data and lead conversion rates lead to customer that we can use to project revenue, especially for long buying cycles that allows us to get more real-time data 
to make decisions. Gillevice response lead scoring data is so helpful to be able to measure lead quality as Sophie was speaking about earlier on. Sam responds to question three saying the easiest option is always conversion imports, i.e. enhanced conversions in Facebook, conversion import in Google ads, but I'm always surprised at how infrequently it's used, but can also be super helpful in determining incrementality plus cannibalization. Sam continues response to this saying for larger clients, i.e. those that sell into traditional retail D2C data plus consumer data can be used to generate synthetic data sets in order to better model what's happening in retail. Sam continues, if that's not your thing, overlaying additional public data sets, i.e. back to school, weather patterns, major events plus holidays can often reveal interesting patterns in buyer behavior that can inform future campaigns or efforts. And then we have Michael responding to question three saying, I use it a lot of different ways, chiefly to first make sure we aren't working against one another and then to try to amplify where I am able. And then Julie responds to Melissa, where Melissa had said that we also look out at how other channels impact PPC. For example, a client recently paused top of funnel channels. We saw a decrease in search conversions as a result. And this is exactly what I was talking about in terms of the worry of Twitter. And if people stop doing Twitter advertising, because I'd reckon that to be very much top of funnel and those kind of top of funnel activity will like definitely, like Melissa has explained here and, and she's given an example of, will definitely affect search performance. And Julie responds to that great point about knowing things that get paused outside of PPC. Sometimes we see big shifts in the PPC side of things and it is helpful to know if something was launched, paused, or if there is massive news coverage, set up Google alerts for the news coverage side. Yes, plus one to Google alerts. And we have Ashton responding to question three saying, if we can access content or resources that other channels are using, we try to incorporate messaging from them into our ads as well. Oh, love and integrated strategy. We build this into our initial ad copy anyways, but double checking with the client helps ensure we're aligned across all channels. Continuing Ashton response. Also, if we see certain pages performing better than others in Google Analytics, we may add it as a site link or landing page for higher funnel campaigns. Our agency has an SEO team too, so we'll work with them to fill in any gaps in each other's strategies as well. So after all that very amazing, helpful advice from question three, actually one more from Sophie before I go on. Sophie responds to question three saying feedback from the client is invaluable for me. I like to know how the direct report is feeling about performance, but also the wider team and especially sales. Then Julie takes us on to question four saying, are you stuck in a PPC silo? If so, what is your biggest frustration with being siloed? Oh, annoying. I hate when I'm stuck in a silo. Hector responds, not in silo, but I'm in both sales and marketing. And the biggest frustration I have is when they debate, I can't pick sides, bless, but it helps me to understand all the revenue gen processes and operations. I like it. I don't know whether the, the, you should be upset that you can't pick sides because the importance, I think, is to be able to understand where marketing is coming from and to be able to also understand where sales is coming from as well. It's actually a conversation, a discussion, finding a middle ground, not about taking sides. That is what a silo is. A silo is about taking sides. So if you don't have to take sides, I think that's great. 
not a downside. Ryan responds saying, no, not siloed, but it can be tricky to know where to draw the line in how much I help with my background in search marketing, SEO and PPC, but I can also get dragged into email marketing, social, etc." Martha responds to question four as well, saying, personally, I'm not. I stepped away from media buying because I realized my passion and greatest skill came from different softer techniques. I think siloing can stem from lack of communication across an organization. She continues to give context. I help primarily women scale their businesses or start from scratch and generate revenue quickly without a lot of overhead. Sometimes they're not even spending on paid in the first few months while they align strategy, which is a good thing. And Dave Galigua's response to question four saying, while not completely siloed, a lot of places don't measure incrementality between channels. Very frustrating. Julia Vice response, not so much now, but I really didn't like that my expertise had a ceiling. And while I could recommend other things, it was ultimately budget that went to another team. Not a great experience. It didn't last. Lawrence Chase responds to question four saying, no, I work as a marketing partner versus just a PPC partner for most of my clients. I get asked about everything from emails to catalogs, depending on the brands. Thankfully, I get to look at the whole picture, which is very helpful. And then we have Michael responding to question four saying, kind of, I'm only working in PPC. That being said, I interact frequently with counterparts across the spectrum of marketing activities and I'm asked frequently for strategic viewpoints. That's a very good position to be in. Sean Ellie responds to question four saying somewhat, but we do our best to report on complete numbers and not just PPC, as well as explaining how each channel works together. But clients can get stuck on ROAS or CPA. And as we are often times the biggest expenditure, we have to have answers. Ali responds to question four saying, for most of our clients, we provide services outside of PPC as well. But for the clients where we just work on PPC, coordinating efforts, especially on something time sensitive, can be frustrating. There's value left on the table when all elements aren't talking. Sophie also responds to question four saying, I started off as a generalist and fell into PPC. I know I'm not someone who can be really good at lots of different things. So I've self siloed. I like the idea of being really good at small numbers of things. It suits my personality and how my mind works. I don't know. I, I think that's, I, I definitely do like focusing on one area, but when we talk about silo, I'd say that that's more about having knowledge about the performance of the other channel. So you don't want to be siloed in terms of just knowing how paid search is performing. But in terms of, you know, getting out of the silo of you only know what what paid search is doing, but actually you want to know what other paid social is doing, what other what's going on in terms of TV advertising, email marketing and the other channels that could be affecting PPC. Actually, I'm going to comment on that. And then we have Julie taking us on to question five, saying, what channels do you wish you had access to? What would you do with data from these other channels that would make your PPC efforts stronger? And then, yeah, Hector responds saying, I wished I had opportunity which let me experiment and learn. We are always exposed to data. What we don't have is the time to analyze each and take conscious decisions for each without fearing about the bad outcomes. I want to get into a startup accelerator. Oh, interesting. Sam responds saying, not a channel per se, but I always ask for access to the sales team's notes and comments. There's so much gold in those. Ditto for anyone in the sales floor for a brand that is retail and D2C. It's a treasure trove of insights that most brands ignore. Marta Pierce responds saying, oof, getting back 
pre-iOS 14 or 15 data would be nice. Of course, I wish there was a great way to integrate all customer feedback, Facebook group comments, etc., in one place and consolidate the themes. I have yet to find that though. Julie responds, that would be nice. Scott Clark responds saying for B2B phone calls, hands down, it does point out a whole host of weaknesses in sales organization, but they rarely like it. And then we have Ashton responding to question four, saying somewhat, yes, biggest frustration is knowing that we can do a lot of cool things working with other teams. We can't really do so for reasons out of our control. Example, client isn't contracted for SEO or the client isn't willing or able to bring others into the project. And then we have Amit responding to question four as well, saying a little, a lot of clients get stuck on the numbers PPC produced versus looking at the overall picture, which can make it frustrating. We're constantly answering why X, Y, Z did this and that. Dwayne Brown responds to question five, saying 99% of clients give us access to everything we ask for. We run paid social for 50% of our clients and the rest do it in-house. Getting faster feedback on what creative is working in-house could help with PMAX and discovery creative. Julia Vice responds saying, I'm grateful to not feel this question. Thinking back to when I was just PPC or only paid search, I really wanted to access to TV or OLV plans. It gets people searching and tells a story. Lawrence responds to question five as well saying, I usually have access to all of them, but here are some you want if you don't have customer service calls, customer client surveys, B2B client calls, service category data, company goals, a lot more difference with once depending on your market. Yeah. And, and Julia, Julia responds, great list. I uh, want to make sure we get this question in today. So this should be the last question. Are there any resources or tools that you use to help have the most holistic view and strategy you can in your PPC efforts? Do you find that third party tools are more or less necessary these days? Martha responds to that to question six saying tools, North Beam, Triple Whale, Strategies Plus Tactics, Post-Purchase Surveys, Customer Interviews One-on-One -on -one Over Zoom, Actually Talking to Customers Via Ad Comments or in Facebook Groups. I don't use a lot of third-party tooling. And in response to question five, Sophie goes, I wish I had easier access to my client sales data. Sometimes it can be difficult to get that type of information I need from them. That is one thing I miss about working in-house. Yes, I miss that too. Julie responds, this can be challenging, especially for businesses that don't have the best back-end systems for sales and leads, but it is so helpful for us because their ultimate happiness with our work is partly dependent on the long-term impact. Sales and leads that reverse are not good. Sophie responds, yes, we had a client who had a huge amount of refunds and cancellations within the first few weeks. That information completely changed my strategy. I'd rather have too much information than not enough. And Sean Ellie responds to question five saying CRM data for lead gen clients, especially those like car dealerships that have been around forever and don't necessarily have a lead scoring systems. We have to do our best to show them why those systems are necessary and do a lot of work to set those up. Ashton in response to question five saying, I'd love to have more internal data from my client sales teams with insights into customer pain points, like call transcripts and recordings, lead quality, et cetera, across all channels. We ask frequently and clients deliver when they can, but it's not always doable or easy. 
Dave Galegua's response to question five saying having access to customer match and exclusions lists across all ad platforms is nice. Philly agency would take we converting display targets and use that info to inform the other ad platforms and other clients of crappy sites not to display programmatically. And Lawrence response question six, given tips for tools and strategy going, if the company has a good BI tool that pulls data from end to end, that is gold. This can give you great insights that can drive solid decisions making for our marketing efforts. Sean then responds to question six, and which will be our last answer of this chat. Google Analytics, especially playing with different attribution models, assisted conversion reports, time lag, etc., are huge for us to try to show the bigger picture. I lied. There'll be a few more answers. <laughs> Ali Quilter responds, we're mostly using Google Analytics to get that larger view. Excited to see what everyone is using as we haven't considered tools in this area. I think we need to look at, yeah, what Marta gave in her list of, of tools. Dwayne Brown as well says, we just started using peeling sites so without no G. So P-E-E-L-I-N S-I-G-H-T-S, peeling sites. If you love strategic work, you will love peel at $50 per month for the starter package. Most DTC brands should stay away from tools like Triple Well that make up their own attribution model. Ooh, they are not solving iOS 14.5. We have John Kagan that showed up late, bless him. But Act also showed up late, but I see that she responded to Julie's answer. So that was a great way of getting that in on this chat. I'll give a few of the last three of John's answers in terms of answer to question four, case by case. By now, I am making more holistic, often by violent force. Oh, I'm not sure that's a message we want to really be promoting. <laughs> answer to question five, he goes linear TV to see what it is like to set it, forget it, not care, and then take all the credit. And then to answer to question six, he goes, call me a simpleton, but a GA dashboard is still a favorite. Yes. And I'll be getting one created for me for PPC Live UK. And I can't wait to see the volume increases that we're seeing from PPC Live UK. On that note, that definitely was our last answer that I was going to give for this chat. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've taken a lot of tips in terms of how to create a holistic structure. I love that whole idea of like, we should really move away from silos. I know that it's annoying and sad to see, for me anyway, that it still exists in one way or the other. But I'm really hoping that we could really move away from that more and more in 2023. That's my wish for 2023. Let's do away with silos. Let's have more of an integrated strategy so that you can get, you know, integrate that messaging and have same similar messaging, cohesive messaging across the different platforms. And also knowing, especially what Melissa said, also knowing why paid search performance is going down by knowing what has happened in top of funnel channels, like, you know, branding channels, like display, paid social, you know, pausing activity in those areas will definitely affect paid search. On that note, I hope you've taken some great takeaways. And if you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on Thursday at 5 p.m. GMT, 12 p.m. Eastern time to continue this chat. Maybe even more questions will come in there. For any feedback about the podcast or even some corrections and anything that has been shared, do get in touch with me on my Twitter on the Marketing Anu. DMs are open, but 
thread with caution. I don't want hard sales. It'll be great for longstanding and brand new listeners to give the podcast a review. Just go to linktree.com. So L-I-N-K-T-R-E-E dot com forward slash PPC chat underscore roundup on Spotify. It literally takes seconds for you to rate. And yeah, let we have got the C Live UK event 2nd of February to allow for the January blues to wash over us and get come out of it anew into February. 2nd of February, we'll have the first event again, £16, a ticket to see the likes of Azim Ahmad, as well as Sophie Logan, who you've heard from, from the amazing tips she gave today, as well as Tiffany Shares, who's a part of Absolute Digital, and they do amazing Twitter space, uh, Twitter spaces conversations. And who was the fourth one? Maddie Crawford who is this young brilliant lady who has already spoken at Brighton SEO in fact all of the speakers have spoken at Brighton SEO so a very much expert lineup for you so yeah go to ppcliveuk.com to get your tickets so finally remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface so keep your songs kicking bye and speak to you next week <laughs> <laughs>